Here's the snap back. Here's the kick. He's got the leg into it. If it is good, and it is! Austin Stars! A 49-yard field goal! And Indiana leads 27 to 24! Austin Indorak wants to throw it. Rolling out of the pocket to a strong hand. Delivers deep down the field. We're here to review a game we hope you didn't have to watch. That's right. I'm pretty sure Mike tore his ACL on purpose just so he didn't have to overthrow any more receivers. Just kidding. Since we started this terrible idea of a season recap, we might as well talk the win over Maryland. This is the LEO podcast. And today, well, always, I'm your host, Michael Bragg, and you can find me on Twitter at Braggley at B-R-A-G-G-L-E-Y. Today, I'm joined by our producer, Seth. You can find him on Twitter if you want terrible Purdue-driven opinions at SETA5. That's S-E-T-A-H-5. What's up, Setho? Oh, boy. This... This feels like a punishment. Um, if I was a blind, if a blind person got his sight for the first time, and this was the first thing he saw, he would not understand the gift of sight at this point. Uh, he would happy being blind and probably would be asking for money back. This is not, this is a Helen Keller game. Oh God. Yeah. The announcers were bad enough that you didn't even want to listen to it either. No. So. Yes. Sorry. That's yes. Thanks for clearing me up. Yes. This was one you didn't want to see or listen to. Yeah. You could exactly. have picked from a lot of different blind people, but you went full on blind and deaf too. So what a start, huh? I took out Penix pretty quick and then, um, you just took out the whole blind and deaf community at the same time. So uh, <laughs> nobody's safe. Nobody's person, safe today. <laughs> yes. And if this blind person turned uh, 2020 and lived with you, they would immediately flip back over to this game after having to watch Purdue for four hours. So, um, all right, well, let's get to uh, breaking down. It is a W as much as it sounds like a, like an L from the intro. It is a W. Uh, IU wins 27, 11 at home over, uh, what was a two and one Maryland team who had barely played any sort of football all year. Um, pretty good defensive uh, output. I thought after rewatching it, maybe we got a little lucky on a couple of things, especially on that first drive uh, where uh, Tia Lali, Tagabayola, whatever, to his brother. Um, Talia Lollipop. Yep. Yes. Talia Lollipop. Over, like overthrew somebody that I literally could have thrown backwards left-handed between my legs and scored a touchdown wide open corner route to the back of the end zone overthrew him by about 10 yards should have been seven nothing right then they settled for a field goal attempt yeah and Man. that was one of that was one of the saddest attempts I've seen in a long time I again I'm trying so hard not to rag on college kids but woof yeah, I want to say it was from like 20 yards out too. 30. Like, I think it was 30. Yeah. 30. But I mean, I mean come on. Again. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can make a 30 yard field goal, but I mean, come I, on. I couldn't. I'll tell you that right now. Don't no way to know. He's probably like an Alabama transfer too. No, he's got one of those names like Petrino. So. Oh, never mind. It's like a Rutgers. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm, <laughs> I'm so just, just slandering Petrino's last name to people. Just a quick look, and now that I look at what they did before playing IU, I um, remember coming into this game a little bit nervous, but then at the same time, they've played 
one good defense prior to IU. They had their Ohio State game canceled and Michigan State game canceled due to COVID issues within their own program. Uh, but before that, they played Northwestern, scored three points. But then they played Minnesota, scored 45, played Penn State, beat them, scored 35. And so that at that point, I'm coming in, man, they're two and one. Tua's bro looks decent against these, well, these just, last two games. Not just that they were two and one. You said he looked decent. They were talking him up like he was yeah. the next coming. I mean, he was going to change Maryland football in a way that they had never seen before. <laughs> that was the two and one hype that I remember. Yeah, and they had that running back, that funk. Um, I, I don't like doing this, but when it comes to running backs, I feel like you have to. He's a, uh, the white running back, right? The white guy, Funk. He's the guy who didn't play. That's all I know. Yeah. I want to say, yeah, Jake Funk. Yeah, that's him. You look at this dude, he looks like a a linebacker at Wisconsin. So uh, that's not not, a put down, most of the It's not a put down. It's not. (laughs) And I don't mean to be to, 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 you know, distinguish a white running back versus any other sort of running back, but that's a pretty Xander Horvath difference. I was oh, thinking more nightmares. like thinking more like Christian McCaffrey or you know, Michael Scott. Oh. oh well, I don't remember <laughs> when he played IU, but yeah, Xander Xander definitely gives me some nightmares. So uh, yeah, but it, either way, back to this game uh, and back to um, no more race talk. Um, yeah, so we should have been down. You should, guys should have been down. I just talked a wee. Wow. Um, <laughs> can we can we cut that at that? Anyways, let's move on. Yeah, it should be seven nothing Maryland. And IU should be getting a should be receiving a kickoff, but it's zero zero. Yes. So that was a long drive, and then uh, IU gets the ball back, and there was a lot of like, uh, uh, oh crap, kind of moments on their first drive again. Pennix started real slow again, um, missing open receivers, overthrowing people. Not uh, even close. Was, yeah, and it was kind of a, a that theme all through the game while he was still out there. Uh, they did kind of get it put together here pretty quick with a long drive, um, later on in the first quarter, uh, that finished with a Stevie Scott touchdown. Uh, one they should of, have been down to nothing at that point. Yes, there yep. was another missed opportunity they had. Was it a, I think it was an interception deep in their zone. Yes. Yeah. That was the one. Well, it wasn't the pick yet. The pick was next, the next okay. drive. That was the one where it was another long drive, 45 yards. And then, uh, Taiwan Mullen made a, I think a pretty, pretty badass interception. Yes. Um, but IU had two guys back. So whether he would have picked it, it would have been incomplete either way. So, um, but yeah, it was down at the two and then again, you know, seven, seven, nothing, seven, three, no, seven, nothing at that point. Again, IU punts and then another interception. Uh, this one was when I was starting to feel pretty good at that point when Jalen Williams picks it off. Uh, you think it's seven, nothing. We looked really good coming off of a long drive. Um, and then he fumbles so recurring theme yes the second interception with a fumble uh in consecutive weeks from two different players so tom allen actually addressed that in the post-game press conference weird enough he's like it's something we're gonna work on ball security with our corners and i was like oh man i mean he did take a weird hit from the side up against the sideline it just happened you know it is what it is but um either way this boring first half ends (laughs) Uh, seven, three. Yes. Mercifully is exactly right. And I'm pretty sure Penix at that point was something along the lines of like three of 
15 or something. Is there two of 15 or three of 17? I can't remember. I remember they said both of those numbers at some point during the rewatch. Yeah. He finished six of 19 for 84 well, he yards. Got, he got on fire there to start the third. <laughs> yeah, to start the third quarter, he started hitting the open receivers. This was the game that, that we had, nobody had seen from him. Um, and I, it's just kind of those, I'm a pretty superstitious guy. So like if my day kind of starts off bad, sometimes I'll talk myself into a, you know, whole due date thing. It can only go downhill from here, you know, cause downhill's easier, uphill's harder. And never mind. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about, but, uh, he just, it just started weird. And it's something at that point had, had me feeling like, man, this is, this isn't going right. This game's not going to go right. I didn't think you had to ask yourself he if, if he was going to write the ship, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. there, there was a question if it was even going to happen. I mean, well, go ahead. It was it's so a lot of these the receivers were covered, but not covered to where they couldn't you couldn't make a pass to them. Not something that he wasn't doing against Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State in the previous. Makes the game. distinction of being open and being covered. Yeah. I mean, you throw people open. You throw the ball to spots where only the receiver can catch it. Yeah. People are covered. Receivers are covered. But you throw the ball, you throw them open. Um, and he was throwing them more covered, if at all possible. I, there was somewhere it's like, is that intended for the DB? Is that intended for the linebacker? There was a couple they caught where I was like, oh, that's an interception. And somehow it snuck through. And then you see like WAP kind of running up the sidelines for 14 yards, something like that. But I mean, it was really they weren't close. It was, it was high. It was short. It was wide. There was not even a consistency to where he was missing. Yeah. And I mean, even, even if you think about it in the first half, so if he had two or three completions, again, we do all of this research before we do these podcasts, obviously. So he had two or three completions in the first half. One of them was on uh, an offsides play where he made a great play where he spun away Mm -hmm. from a guy that came totally unblocked, but then just threw the ball up. And it, it was almost like the guy from Maryland. Now I do know this for a fact from being in that stadium for so many years is that where that ball was, that guy was probably staring directly into the sun at that point of, of the day, but still he didn't move. Like he just stood there and was like, just standing there with his hands up. And then miles Marshall comes like flying in and grabs the ball. Like, so it was, again, it was a, just a ball literally like uh, I think Brandon said it before uh, like a 500 ball, like, Hey, 500. And then he just kind of yeah, throws absolutely. it up. Yeah. I mean, I get it. It's a free play at that point, but that was a 30-something yard gain. So that's the majority of it. It has to be doubly disappointing for you is Penix is the type of guy, if he doesn't have his arm going, he can affect the game in other ways. You know, obviously mm-hmm. his legs. Um, but he wasn't even using those up until obviously the play. Um, yeah. he wasn't really using his mobility to his advantage either. And it's not like they were giving him these um keep him in the pocket zone blitzes or edge rushes that were designed to keep him in. Um, there was one time I can think of where he kind of escaped up the middle and maybe got eight yards and bounced mm-hmm. the outside. Yeah. But aside from it on that one. Yeah. But aside from the, again, the play, um, there was no time where he wiggled his way out and really got chunk yardage on the ground, which, you know, you think is the default backup option for this kind of guy. Yeah. So obviously you're not, as in tuned with the IU fan base as Brandon and I are, but that was kind <laughs> That's of a good a, thing. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of a, a push from everybody was why isn't Penix running the football? Why isn't Penix running the football? 
So when he got hurt his freshman year uh, against Penn State, that was on a run. Just I, I believe it. Yeah, he was either scrambling or it was a a, a uh, read option where he went outside. He tore his ACL. Uh, the other one I I can't remember. And then this one on a run on was it a scramble or just a read option to the outside? But either way, we've been pushing him for him to run because they've been running read options and he's not reading anything. He's just handing the ball yeah, off. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm not guilty for saying, hey, he needs to run the football, run the football, run the football. But the kid's not even coming out of high school. The kid's not a dual threat quarterback. He's always been a pro style quarterback. So you, he's going to be able to run a little bit. But the kid is known for his arm and his act. Well, not today, but his accuracy. And um, I mean, I mean, he's got moxie, man. The, the kid's got swag and is clearly a winner just based off of his his record as a starter. Uh, but yeah, just I don't, I don't know if we're going to see him run again. I mean, unless you you have like a, a, a Peyton Manning, you know, one off naked boot. 37 <laughs> yards against the Titans kind of thing or something like that. Yeah, I, I guess this is the question that, you know, we'll get to the injury. Uh, I My question at this time was, if he can't run and he's not throwing, should you have considered going to Tuttle earlier? Like, that was something that was in the back of my – and again, when you rewatch it, you know you're waiting for the play to happen. But he was – I want to say it was like – Again, like two for 13, two for 15, whatever it was. And I'm saying if he's not throwing and he's not running, why is Tuttle not in this game? Because the best offense you guys had for the for the vast majority of the first half was Wildcat with either Ellis or Stevie Scott as the de facto Wildcat quarterback. That's where you got big chunk yardage several, several times. Um, I don't know. That seemed to be what was working for you guys. Sure. Sure. So, so just to, to give you kind of, again, kind of, and everybody already knows this probably if you're listening is that IU struggled so much with the run game all year. Uh, and this was the first game. I want to say that we finally saw the wildcat, you know, something that was from circa 2006, like Ronnie Brown dolphins sound, sound about right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think it was from even before that. The Arkansas, oh, okay. Arkansas, Arkansas. run DMC, Peyton Hillis. Gotcha. Um, oh, my God. Peyton I think they had a quarterback named Dick. <laughs> um, <laughs> Peyton Hillis was on NCAA football, wasn't he? On the cover? He was on Madden. Madden, that's yeah. right. Oh, my God. Yeah, Felix Jones. Felix Jones, run that's DMC, right. and Peyton Hillis were all in the same backfield. And they were running Wildcat. And then well, Cardell, go on, uh, Cadillac Williams and Ronnie Brown at Auburn did the same thing next year or yeah. something like that. And then Man, what a Ronnie year. Brown in the pros. Yeah. yeah. So, so here's the thing with, with that backfield too, is that Maryland couldn't, well, they, I'm not going to say they couldn't stop it, but they were having a harder time stopping that than they were having at least a threat of a pass or a run. Stevie Scott is not going to throw the football. No. He did not play quarterback in high school. He was a linebacker and a running back. And most people recruited him as a linebacker, including IU. Um, gave him the option. Hey, do you want to play running back or linebacker? What do you want to do? 
good choice. Yeah, he but, made the right choice. So either way, let's start the second the second half. Uh, big drive all the way down to, I think it finishes about the three uh, on a read option play where they just tried to hammer Stevie up the middle. Mike hit a couple balls here. Um, I believe he had some Tim Baldwin, some, he had one pass, two pass completions. So he was starting to, he looked a little bit better, three completions on the drive. Um, so we were like, okay, maybe he's coming out, you know, second half, a little bit of rhythm. They drive down nothing. Uh, I think it was fourth and three, fourth and two, Mm -hmm. fourth and three, just short. Uh, but then the very next play, they gave him a favorable spot too. I mean, yeah. he was a full yard short, and they they made it seem like it was inches. Yeah, well, it's hard to see him with those camo jerseys on. I've been trying so hard not to make jokes about that. <laughs> um, so then the 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 great thing is the next play, and this was funny from uh, Tua's brother, is he gets sacked on a play that I feel like ninety percent of division. Well, I'm not gonna say division one quarters. Major division one quarterbacks don't get sacked on, or they at least throw the ball away. He got sacked on a couple times where it's just like, dude, are, are you paying attention to the game? <laughs> like DK came came off the edge, I want to say, or maybe right up the middle, which is fine. But still, get rid of the football. He had all day to get rid of the ball and never got rid of it. So we got a safety out of that, and then that sets up the next drive. But do you have any thoughts on the safety? Uh, that was a great play defensively. That's one of the hardest plays to read as a D end or an outside linebacker coming off the edge. So to read the read the quarterback and get him, uh, that was a great play. Um, but to echo what you were saying, I was, uh, I think I was going to say something about this later. But Talia was unathletic. I expected kind of this whirling dervish quarterback with escapability. Uh, you know, kind of running circles around defensive linemen. Uh, I did not see any of that. And like you said, there were several times where he kind of threw the ball out of bounds underhanded um, where you're just like, what the hell are you doing? Like, this is not, it doesn't have to be this hard. Yeah. I think there's one in the third quarter uh, where he's running away to his right and he maybe is running backwards too. And somebody's coming up from behind, maybe it's Zimba or um, Jonathan King. And he's coming up from behind him and he just kind of like, I don't, I don't even know. It would be like, again, like me running to my right and then trying to throw the ball left-handed, which I can't throw the football left-handed at all. Like I can, but it's, it's really weird looking Uh, like that. But then just throwing it up while being tackled to nobody to where if I, you had anybody in a zone at that point, I think that's a, that's a pick six. Like they're gone. It's just a, a bad play. Now, granted, I know he's a, Freshman, a redshirt freshman transfer, or is he a sophomore? This is the hardest thing to follow in sports right now is what grade or eligibility somebody is. Yeah. So we know we sat, he sat at Alabama and then got an immediate transfer. Yeah. So I guess he's a redshirt freshman. Yeah. So, you know, you have all these giant expectations for people's brothers when they come in. I don't know how often that works. Remember Um, uh, Steven Rivers? No. Exactly. No. I mean, I guess yeah. unless you're a Manning. Phillip's little brother, I think he went to LSU. Mm. No, I don't remember him. That's uh, the point. So, yeah, I guess unless you're a Manning where it's literally built into your blood. I'm not sure it always works out. Or a Mullen. Clearly, the Mullins are very good. Do you see the news about Mullen number three? No. I use Final Five. Oh, well, that's great. 
I yeah. think he's I, I don't have any hopes up for him. I think he ends up at uh a different West Virginia. Nah, maybe Miami <laughs> or something. Yeah. Um that's just the way they want to go, and that's fine. If he wants to do his own thing, that's what his two other brothers have done too, so that's cool. Um yeah. we'll talk about it. Uh you may not talk about it, you may just be producing <laughs> the whole time. I don't know. Uh so then the next drive, so the safety happens. My confidence at that point is like, all right, so maybe Maryland kind of sucks because uh, they can't get anything going offensively against their good defense. My theory going into the game is correct. So then we get another big drive. So run, run, pass, run, run. Or I'm sorry, run, pass. So then, again, another good drive. And then it happens. Uh, on a second and four from the 24-yard line, Penix gets outside 21 yards down the sidelines. It looked like a totally uh, harmless play. He goes out of bounds. He barely gets touched. Uh, I heard it live. I don't want to say I thought it was. A, I'm never that person. I'm always so optimistic when an injury happens. Like, okay, cool. He got up and walked away. Maybe he's just freaking out because it's already happened twice to him. Uh when he goes out of bounds, if and don't listen to it because it'll hurt, especially for somebody like you that's had an ACL tear. Um, it you hear him and he goes down and you hear just hear ah just like that, right as he kind of rolls out of the screen, like behind the stands or behind the view of the stands, you can kind of hear him scream. And at, at that point, live, I was like, oh. I thought I texted you and I looked for the text in our, in our group. And I think I said, uh, Oh, that's a torn hamstring. Like this, the way he kind of hobbled, I thought for sure it was like getting a sniper shot right in the hamstring. And I was like, Oh, he'll just stretch it out. And you know, he might be out a week or two. Um, and you're like, no, no, that's really bad. And I'm like, well, I don't know when my, when I tore my ACL, it didn't hurt at all. I just couldn't, couldn't run ever again uh, so i was just like all right um uh, yeah and then of course on the rewatch which was i think two days later uh was when that when the 60 minute whatever it is the big 10 and 60 came out that the whole bottom of that the game they kept saying michael mm-hmm. Penix out indefinitely torn acl like oh shit like <laughs> not the reminder i wanted to see yeah so it's uh that was also tough to watch i just want to say feel bad for the kid i, I as a purdue guy you always have to say you never want to you never want to see that it's awful and the way that the whole shadows were it was all like blacked out so you could barely see any i'm not laughing i'm sorry you could barely see anything and it was like it was some kind of sad melodramatic movie or tv movie and it's like everything is in shadows and um yeah it was just it was tough man that you never like to see that happen yeah, and I didn't really notice this part on the until we rewatched it was the concern, the immediate concern from the the trainers. Like there were like three trainers around him immediately within I, I don't know 15, 20 seconds of him going down. Uh, I get that that's like your star, and then he's you hear him scream because it's a, a virtually empty stadium, um, and you hear that, and then you know he sprints over and. And again, I, I thought this, and it, I always go back to this on ACL injuries to uh, players on the teams that I follow. I remember the first one, or at least the first one that I remember seeing was Edron James. Uh, it was in Kansas City. I want to say it was a Thursday night or a Monday night game. And uh, he went down and he tore his ACL. 
uh, but I didn't know that at the time or how bad that really was. But he got up. He went down. He, he I think maybe a trainer came over. Maybe a trainer didn't come over, but he like got up and kind of like limped over to the sideline. And I was like, oh, OK, no big deal. And then it comes out, you know, it torn ACL. So every, even then, every time somebody gets up from a torn ACL, I'm always like, ah, no problem. They'll be OK. At least they didn't tear their ACL. And then, <laughs> and then the next day, there it is. So either yeah, way. that's what that's exactly what happened with me. I mean, I played one more play because I didn't realize it was torn. I thought I was like, oh, I just tweaked it. Guy <laughs> crosses me over and I fall down. I'm like, oh, yeah, my knee has no mobility. It's over. But when my sister tore her ACL uh, in college basketball, I mean, I could hear that thing pop. There was no doubt about it. So it's just it's weird how, you know, different kind of tears. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can kind of walk on it normally afterwards in, in a lot of cases. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I'm trying to remember when Booby Miles tore his. <laughs> no, I know he yelled pretty bad. I, I, I don't know. That's a different podcast. You, you just want me to be hurt because this is <laughs> you from Odessa. You from Midland. Midland. Damn you it. from Midland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's 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 wrap let's wrap up the uh, let's wrap up the game real quick. So either way, this drive, the awful drive. Uh, awful in terms of losing Penix. Uh, somehow they continued to play football after that. Uh, they score pretty quick. Tuttle comes in and they actually let him throw the ball on a two point conversion. Uh, good pass out to the tight end for the two pointer. They're up 17 3 and then punt. And then Chucky comes on, gets a field goal. And then this is where it's about. This is the, this was the turning point. This is where it was done. Uh, they're up 20 to 3. And then it was done. The pressure was on on to his brother. Uh, I believe Jonathan King. Let me look this up. Yeah, Jonathan King comes off the edge and sacks him on first down. And then after that, he's just like, oh, God, this is going to be bad. Uh, IU gets he, pressure he with four. Packed. Yeah, I mean, that, he, he mailed it at yeah. that point. You could tell. Yeah, IU got pressure with four on that play. I remember watching today where they go, IU's bringing four. I mean, and they never get pressure with four. Ever. They're always blitzing somebody. Get pressure with four. Jonathan King comes off the edge and, and just obliterates and blindside. And then uh the very next play, I think they only ran three. And they and I think it was uh CO got a ton of pressure right up the middle. And at that point, that little baby to his brother, he's so tiny. Uh I don't even think he could see anything. I just think he assumed this is where my guy is gonna be. So he just threw it up like right to Micah McFadden. And that was pretty much it. Uh, from there, we wildcat our way down the field. Tuttle actually makes uh, a few passes here. Two of them, actually, one of them <laughs> to tie fry for only his second catch of the game. Uh, and then they end up scoring. And then punt, punt, and then they score a garbage time touchdown, and then that's it. So uh, coming out of that game, um, I felt pretty confident in, in old Tuttle, Tuttle time. Uh, I don't know how you felt about him on the rewatch. I thought he was, again, it's hard to analyze his play because I felt like the game was already over pretty much when he, when he came in again, it may have been one score still at the point when he actually came in or there may have been two at that time, but it was effectively over. Maryland had given up their, their biggest obstacle. That whole game was themselves. They couldn't get out of their own way. They were having, Turnover. They went through three interceptions. They had numerous awful penalties that made no sense. Um, that were just completely unforced errors. And and they had they hadn't played in was it two or three weeks? 
They had 23 players still out. They were just looking to get the hell over that game. They knew that when they were down more than one score, that there was no chance. They were they had no offensive firepower to get back in the game. Uh, Penny Boone, goodness gracious, yeah, who who looked dude, like a quarter. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> More like quarter boon. God damn it. I tried to sneak that in there. Uh, yeah. I mean, he was their only offense for a while. Um, yeah. There was just nothing positive to speak of from their side. So, you know, I want to say Tuttle looked decent. He, he didn't look scared. He didn't look like the moment was too big for him. But the moment was so small to begin with, it's really hard to evaluate. <laughs> yeah. how well he did yeah i mean you're talking five passes five for five they limited him throwing the football down the field which is pretty much what they did he lined uh, up at a receiver probably about a third of the plays yeah so i to me coming out of the game i'm like all right cool Tuttle looks okay i mean he looks good too uh he stands pretty tall i think he's six four yep. i guess i could just look this up he's got um, the body for it i mean he's got he's a <sighs> The measurables six four two fifteen. God, that makes me feel fat. Um, so six six four two fifteen. I mean, he just looks like a quarterback back there. Uh, and he looked good from the five passes that he threw. Gives us a ton of confidence going into the Wisconsin game. Uh, any other things we need to talk about in this? I don't think so. There were. I mean, if we just look at like some of the headlines around it's just basically the three, three, three game, you know, Stevie had three yeah. touchdowns. We had three picks, three sacks. That's it. And they basically, they scored three points all game minus a garbage time touchdown, like literally garbage. I'm just, I'm pretty sure the dude was more open on the touchdown than he was on the missed touchdown in the first quarter. Yes. Like when we were yes. actually trying. So, yeah. Um, I think, you know, as much as I said last week that even in the loss, I was I was very, you know, pleasantly surprised with IU and, and thought that they deserved a lot of the credit that they uh, were getting or or maybe hadn't quite gotten yet. Um, this game this game gave me the exact opposite feeling. Um, I I think I texted you after this game and said, "Oh, we might have a shot now." And obviously, before that, I didn't know that Penix was going to be out for the season. Um, I still, I think by the end of the season, was like, oh shit, you, you guys have figured it out that we're, you would beat us in either one of those two games that never got played. But um, but at that point, I, I kind of had a little bit more optimism that we could compete against IU. Um, but there was nothing in there that, how, how do you, even with the win, how do you have excitement after the end of that game? I think you're just happy to survive well, I, I think that I think that seeing Tuttle, seeing that he looked fairly confident, mm-hmm. granted five passes, but he made he made a, a pretty good play on a, a high snap and didn't freak out about that. Um, it, I, for me, I was like, all right, cool. We had over 200 yards rushing. That was good to get that going. We took what was or what looked like a high powered offense in Maryland and just completely shut that down. Uh and special teams looked good. Like to me, I came out of the game thinking we probably should have scored 42, 49 points. Mm-hmm, uh, absolutely. But I feel pretty good. And if Penix is out, I don't feel awful having Tuttle in there. Cause I think I also, yeah, 
the receivers were good enough to to carry him. I also think there was a version of this game that you guys lose 21-17. If they convert those touchdowns early, uh, which they were running up and down the field on you guys the first couple of drives. They, I know there was scripted plays, and um, you should be pretty effective on those plays, the ones you've been practicing all week. But this game could have been 14-0 right off the bat, and then IU is in an uphill climb the entire game and then actually has to show that kind of metal uh, that comeback energy. Uh, so I think you guys should just, you know, kind of, kind of be happy to get out of there alive. I think that's really the only takeaway from this that you can have. And even though you're down a quarterback and you can be optimistic about him going into the next week, um, what are you guys at this point? Four, four and one, or is it five and five and one after this game? So there was supposed to be two games left and then a conference pair up game and then a bowl game. So you would have had four games left on your schedule do you feel that Jack Tuttle could have led you 4-0 the rest of that if you had played every one of those games? So for me, I was cautiously optimistic that Penix okay. would be back on the next week. Sure. Uh, and then when we find out Tuttle's in, then it's like fully invested into Tuttle at that point. And then going and- into that Wisconsin game, uh, seeing the way that he started that game, uh, it, the confidence was was fine. Uh it didn't work out after having, I mean, the, the kid was off for a month, mm-hmm. <laughs> a month yeah. and a half between games. So, I mean, had he been able to carry that momentum through uh, a win over Purdue and then who knows whoever we would play in said weird conference championship week. Um, <laughs> and then Ole Miss, or whoever, Ole Miss, or maybe at that point we don't even play Ole Miss. Maybe at that point we play Oregon, and it's a whole different season. But this is something I was trying to get to with Brandon last week was I do think, like, in, in one part of my either heart or brain or something, I don't know which one, that I think a lot of the times this year we've been lucky on a lot of the things that have always hurt us probably the entire entire time I've been an IU football fan um you know missed you know, open receivers and end zones uh tipped balls that we pick um uh just overcoming you know, a lot of takeaways in general yeah and in, injuries from key players stuff like that but then on the other side it's like a lot of these interceptions and a lot of these turnovers a lot of these other things are not just you know a uh a slightly overthrown ball or um, a tip. Their plays being made. Yeah. They're not. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're not errors. Their plays being made. So we'll get to this in in significance of win, at least for me, but uh, I was pretty confident coming out of this game. So let's get to um, uh, let's stop talking about the game if we can. (laughs) Um, Thank you. Yes. So let's get to players of the game. I will start just since you don't normally well, actually I'll let you start since there's a pretty obvious um, offensive player of the game. I'll just let you go ahead and snatch him up. Yeah. It's gotta be Stevie Scott. Uh, you said it three touchdowns. I don't have his yards in front of me, but it felt like he was snapping off some, some pretty good yards. He was getting help. Like, I don't want to say help here, but he was getting his lean was getting more intense as the game went on where he was getting the extra two or three yards after the hit. It felt like every single run, he really set the tone, whether he was at the wildcat or he was in the traditional backfield. He was the guy who was really pushing the offense forward. 
when they didn't have anything else to balance him out, yeah. um, except for, you know, debatably the other running backs who were kind of getting uh, rotated through. Yeah, so this is a, a big Stevie Scott game in 24 carries. Uh, he didn't have a ton of yards. I know that you think that without looking at the stats, he only had 80 yards rushing. That's what I would have guessed. Yeah, yeah. I would have said mid 80s. So about three, 3.3 per carry, three they were touchdowns. Effective yards, though. But yeah, I, I, at the beginning of the game, a lot of those, those read options, the things that killed us earlier in the season where we could not, I mean, this was awful for us, at least when we're like, the years that we barely missed a bowl game or the years that we uh, even last year, I mean, the guy's the leading rusher coming into the season in the big 10 and in active running backs. But before that, you've got, you had divine Redding running for a thousand yards. You had Tevin Coleman, which we all know about him. Um, you know, you have crazy good running backs and then you Jordan Howard, Jordan Howard, yeah. Sorry, former bear. No, that's fine. I just, that's the one I was forgetting the transition over. Um, it's just this year was just an awful, I don't want to say an awful offensive line, but like an offensive line that never gelled because there was so much movement between the tackles and you have a bunch of grad transfers that were kind of thrown in. Um, so I'd be interested to see what we do next year. I know that Tim Baldwin kind of had a, then he's going to be my pick for player of the game um on offense since you took stevie but um he kind of had his quote breakout game um it was really the only time he played a significant snap 16 carries 106 yards which is six and a half or 6.6 per carry uh the kid is like lightning in a bottle which is something iu hasn't had for a little bit uh you could say you know david ellis or some other ones but this kid's like kind of high-end talent almost uh and I, if you've listened to the first, I think it was the first podcast that we did. Uh, I love this kid. Like, I think he's going to be big. And I think with having Samson James next year, that's your Stevie Scott. I don't want to say replacement. I would almost say upgrade. Uh, but it's a thunder lightning combination. Yeah, I think that's, that's exactly what, what you've got. Yeah. Um, and you don't have to use David Ellis back there anymore. Slot although, receiver. Yes. Although today he, or this game, he was effective. Uh, running the football through the wildcat, mainly outside, which is where he needs to be running the ball. So um, that's my offensive player of the game. Defense is going to be kind of, we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but defense will be a little tougher to pick. I'll let you uh, start that one. Yeah, I want DK. Um, DK Bonholm. Had to look him up. Um, again, I was, again, a little ignorant to him. Uh, he had not flashed for me in the previous games. And I think there was a lot of more obvious players when you have Mullen, when you have uh, Johnson, Williams, all these different guys doing stuff. Um, but for this one, he flashed a couple times for me, uh, both in the backfield and downfield, which um, I thought was kind of a versatility that IU sometimes lacked on defense. Uh, they have people who can occasionally rush the passers. They have some guys who can drop in coverage, not a lot of guys who can do both. I think Micah McFadden, um, kind of an in-the-box rushing, uh, blitzing linebacker. But, I, you know, he's had a couple picks, but I don't think he's the greatest cover guy per se. Um, but in this game, it seemed like uh, DK had some of those skills. Uh, and I didn't remember him from any other games, so I wanted to at least highlight him here um, because, like I said, I don't think there's going to be any other games where he's going to get much of a much run. Yeah, this was his, again, I don't, I don't not like using this term, but this is his quote, coming out game 
Uh, DK had played a decent amount. Uh, his Did he go right year. back in afterwards, though? I, I, well, I guess that's my, this is my ignorance coming out. Sure. So he's a backup to um, McFadden and Miller. So James Miller and McFadden, you're starting, you're starting uh, in Jones, I guess. Interior linebackers. Uh, linebackers, yeah. So he's going to fill, fill in behind him. Um, but he got a lot of play. I think he may have even started. Uh, but he was he was good. He had the safety. Um, mm-hmm. That was his TFL. He had a couple good plays on the outside. I remember um, up against the sideline where he made a couple stops, either on a on a quick pass or uh, to his brother running outside of the tackle. Um, I know he had a I know he had a tackle on a quarter boon too. Um, but it, my pick's going to be, and this was a this was a game that I just watched again this morning. Uh, and I wasn't fully invested into totally watching it, but I was more listening to the commentary. And the name that I kept hearing coming up over and over and over again was Cam Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now that I don't have Brandon on the pod to sit here and um, poo-poo all over him, uh, I thought Cam Jones had a great game. Now, he only had three sacks or only three tackles, but he was all over to his brother. Like, he had two quarterback hurries. He didn't have any sacks, no TFLs. But the dude was, a, a I thought, in my opinion, a difference maker um, with just being around the ball. That was the exact phrase the I had written down, around the ball. Yeah, and that's what you want. I mean, that's what you want. If you're not going to be making the actual play, if your name, if you're being talked about being around the football, that's perfect for you being on defense. So um, are we going to do Brando's Randos or do you not have any Brando's Randos? I had one comment that I wanted to, I heard you say, I've heard you say, and uh, well, previous before podcast. We get to it. Oh, before dear God. To it. Do it. Do you have one? I have a Rando. Okay. But it's well, a before correct, we get to, it's an opinionated correction. Before we get to Rand, Brando's Randos brought to you by Seth. Let's talk to you about who brought our podcast to you or something like that. So um, our our sponsor, as always, is Monon Track Club. Monon Track Club is Indiana's running brand built on a deep love for the sport. In the Hoosier State, they craft products, tell stories, and create experiences that aim to celebrate, support, and add to Indiana's running culture. Seth, do you like running? No. Yeah, me neither. But do you like sick hoodies and t-shirts? Yep. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, check out the link in the show notes to shop MTC and support NIU Alumni's small business. As a thank you to our listeners, they are offering 10% off your first purchase with promo code LEO10. That's L-E-O-1-0. Now, over to Seth's version of Brando's Randos. What you got? All right. All right. So you were saying that you didn't think the offensive line was very good this year. And on the whole, I have to, on the whole, um, for the majority, for the majority of the season, I I have to agree with you. Uh, But on this game, you just mentioned that, that Timmy Baldwin had about 106 yards. Stevie Scott had over, had 80. Uh, I imagine Ellis had to have another 20 some yards. And then we had Penix ran for at least 21 on the play up the sideline. That, That sounds like almost 250 yards rushing. That, that is correct. What are you complaining about, dude? So there were just, holes. Well, just there were take, holes for days. Sure. So let's let's take a look at at what they've done all season. 
I'm doing this as you're as you're formulating your <laughs> argument. I immediately went to the box scores of the Northwestern game, who ran for 325 yards against Maryland. Uh, back, 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 back. Uh, Chris Berman. Um, <laughs> no, it's two weeks in a row that I've done a Chris Berman thing. Uh, Minnesota ran for 262 yards. So, okay, so they gave I up a lot of running yards that again, no matter what. Is probably not very good at playing defense against the run. Um, and considering that their leading tackle, I'm pretty sure is his name is Chance. Mm-hmm. It was a dog from Homeward Bound. They're yep. probably not going to do great at, at tackling. And Penn State had 94 yards rushing. Well, Penn State right, has their own problems. To, yeah, <laughs> they've got a lot of problems. Uh, those are prior to IU. Just their other game, just real quick, speaking of teams with problems, Rutgers had, I cannot imagine they had more than 50 yards rushing with their running backs. 235 yards rushing all right all right all right i will i will concede my point but anyways they they were creating holes out there i don't i think that of all the games that you can say that they were doing maybe not the best effort they've had i think this is probably one of their highlighted games especially the interior three the guards in the center i thought they were moving around the nose tackle and the inside linemen of maryland fairly easily and letting the, especially in the wildcat formations, letting the running backs get to the second level. Yeah. The interior linemen of IU are the soul of what they were able to do last year um, with Kreider, uh, mm-hmm. Powell, and they kind of switched the right guard out quite a bit. I think it was McKenzie Norwa quite uh, a lot. Um, I, I'll be really interested to see what they do next year. I know they've got the transfer coming in from Michigan. I think he's going to go straight into center or into guard. Um, and then they've got, I, I think, another Juco transfer or um, D1 transfer coming in. So either way, that's a different pod. Um, let's get to significance of win. Uh, for me, this was a, a confidence win. And I'll tell you why. Confidence win for the defense um, after giving up 42 the week before the, this defense has given up some points uh, against Penn state and Ohio state. But other than that, they've been really good in this, this game in particular uh, kind of showed their bend don't break kind of style that they can have as well as once they turn the ball over those teams that they play against, they just, the confidence is gone. I mean, and against Ohio state, they had three picks in the two picks and three picks in the first half, two picks in the first. I can't remember either way. Once the picks hit, they stopped scoring the football. It was done. Uh, same with, with this game. Uh, you know, again, the, the touchdown pass came when I was done. Like I was, <laughs> was already <laughs> celebrating, I think, uh, in deep into the, into the beer fridge at that point. Uh, and then my other point is the confidence for the offense uh, to be able to run the football uh, against a, a, a high-end opponent and to have a little bit of Tuttle time there at the end. Uh, this is pretty significant as far as the win goes and to get us into five and one um, and it back probably, I think we go back into the top 10 or pretty close to the top 10 after this game. Uh, as far as a grade goes, um, a B plus, B plus, not great, but not, uh, not terrible. So this guarantees you a winning season, right? At five and one, you can't be, even if you play every game out, what's the worst you can be is what? Five and five and five. I think at that point, um, five and four, maybe five and four, 
five and four. Um, uh, five and five, five and five. You're right. So, so you've guaranteed at least a 500 record at this point. So that from a, from a, you know, from a program standpoint, that's got to make you feel good when you can hang your hat on another, um, you know, <laughs> winning season, so to speak. Um, but for me, I think one of the, the two biggest things that I took away from this game was IU played like shit and they still won. But not only did they win, they imposed their will onto the team to the point where they quit. A bad version of IU football imposed their will on another Big Ten school to, that broke them in a game that IU didn't play good football. Tell me another year that IU football could do that. 1962? Whatever, whatever year we went to the, uh, the Rose, I can't even remember, 65. Some old uh boomers yelling at their radio right now or <laughs> radio it was 65. what's a radio <laughs> yeah no but I, honestly i don't uh, and something is purdue can't do purdue can't go into illinois and play a, a c minus game and still get illinois to give up and maryland gave up early maryland gave up i would say late in the second quarter is when I thought they had just completely mailed it in. Um, and then they showed a couple signs of life at different points. Uh, but it really was a, was a point where they looked across the field, saw a team with IU Hoosiers on their chest and go, not our day, fellas, not our day. That's right. That means something. That I mean, right. to have that kind of a, an emotional and mental edge over somebody is a level that this program has never seen. At least, you know, uh, <laughs> in our lifetimes. Um, and I don't think that it's going to go away for you guys. I think that if you guys are able to replicate this next year and moving forward, that this kind of imposition of will, which I think is something that, that Tom Allen is big on, imposing our will. Every coach says, we want to impose our will in the offensive and defensive lines. Our, our, uh, everybody says that. <clears throat> But you guys did it. And and I think that's going to go underreported in a lot of these cases because they say, oh, you beat Maryland. What is it? 27-11, you know, insert jerk off gif here. Um, but that's that's the whole point is you showed up. Not really playing well, losing your best offensive player. And still <laughs> and still got a team to quit. Uh, I think that says a lot. And for that. As much as I want to say this is like a C minus game and it was completely unwatchable, um, I think from an emotional and mental standpoint, it almost bumps it up to a solid A because it, it means more for the program than it means for the game itself. Yeah, you're gonna make me cry, man. Like, holy shit. Like I should have used that as the intro. My what, god. You like, like to be legitimized? <laughs> <laughs> that uh boiler up, boiler up, boiler up. <laughs> <laughs> that is a... Uh, that is exactly uh, how a lot of us feel. And again, there's a thing that I actually uh, talked about it with somebody the other day. There's a point after the Michigan win. Now, granted, at that time, we don't understand they were who they were, I guess. They are who we thought they were. Uh, but um, Tom Allen says something in his post-game press conference along the lines of, I've been laughed at i've been mocked uh but we're still here and we're doing it 
now or something like that. We're here, baby. And I was like, it's something that's not word for word, but it's, it's incredible, whatever he says. And it's just like, that is exactly how the diehard IU football fans, the people that went through Kevin Wilson or well went through before that, even Bill Lynch, and then went through the Kevin Wilson one and, uh, 11 year, including, uh, you know, getting pumped up for a, a, a loss at Lucas oil stadium to ball state to start it off. And then, um, I mean, this is, this is finally here and it's going to continue to happen because these players that are coming in and especially maybe even in 2022, based off of what our targets are, are they're not going to slip. I mean, they're just going to keep getting better and better and better each year in the last maybe three or four years. We've had the top ranked recruit in program history coming in. Um, Now, granted, one of them turned out to be maybe a Juco wide receiver. I mean, that's where he's transferring to, um, which don't again, we've talked about recruiting rankings before, and there was actually a pretty cool cool piece coming out from um, uh, ESPN about underrated recruits at, at top programs. Uh, they did with, uh, Mullen and McFadden, um, about how I, you just, they just find these players, these under underrated or underappreciated players. And then they just take them to a totally different level where, you know, McFadden's coming back and obviously Mullen, I mean, they're day, I don't know where linebackers get drafted anymore, but I would assume day two, people next year if they if they show up the way that they did this last year or the or have how they have their entire career really so um either way we will uh end this one and we will be back next week for the recap of the wisconsin game which was actually our very first published podcast so we will be coming full circle on the season Uh, i do not think and i won't speak for brandon but i do not think that we will be doing any sort of review of the old miss game um, I will leave that for Brandon um, because I think at this point we are getting into spring ball and we can start talking about that schedule talk, which everybody loves. Um, so either way, be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter. It's facebook.com backslash podcast LEO. And on Twitter, it's at podcast LEO. Um, Seth's got a little side thing going on. Uh, Seth, do you have a Twitter account for your podcast? Yeah, at Terrible Reviews. Check it out for, it'll soon be live here with a movie podcast uh, where the movies don't have to be terrible, but the reviews will be. There you go. And uh, shameless plug, I'm also on that podcast. So um, so if you hate me, you can go over there and uh, give us a shitty review on that one too. So uh, <laughs> just make sure that you subscribe, download, rate, and review, whether you do like or don't like it. And then if you don't like it, unsubscribe and then resubscribe because that's bad for us. So unsubscribe, resubscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and then rate, review, rate, review, download everything. Uh, Either way, we all love every one of you guys, all six of you that listen to us. Um, Seth, I will talk to you soon. Elio. Peace, brother. Elio. Awesome day. Elio. Thank you so much, Rick. I appreciate that. Elio. All right. Great. Elio. Appreciate you guys. Elio. You're welcome, Dave. Have a great day. Elio. Have a great day. Elio. Appreciate you being here with us. Have an awesome day, and Elio. Oh, thank you so much, Elio. Well, thanks so much, Elio. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Appreciate that, Elio. Appreciate you guys, man. Have an awesome day, Elio. Awesome. 
Kalio. Kalio.